Good morning, everybody. This is the Equestrian Adventurers podcast with Heather and Ute, the show for women who love horses, travel and adventure. My name is Ute and I'm happy to welcome you to another exciting episode. One word before we start. If you like the show, please give us a rating or review on your podcast player, as this will help in keeping this podcast up and running. Also tell your friends about it, so more like-minded women can find us and start listening. Thank you. And today we have a super interesting topic again for you. I'm welcoming horse breeder, nutritionist, endurance rider and entrepreneur Daniela Vadera from Austria. Again, um, with me in this podcast, uh, Daniela has been here oh, a number of times before and we usually talk about uh, horse nutrition. We talk about uh, different topics usually concerning horse health um, because of her great knowledge in this field and uh, today we're having a special um, topic which is very much related to the season we are talking about skin problems we encountered during summer we're talking a little bit about sweet itch we're talking about how to protect our horses from insects from the sun what we can do when our horses are suffering from different skin problems which usually occur during the summer months uh, because of insects, allergies, or yeah, sunshine, basically. So uh, Daniela, as you know, has a lot of experience on this topic as she has her own horses, uh, which she manages really well. She has her own feed company uh, and she is a horse nutritionist who gives advice to horse owners in this field. So I'm super excited and I'd say let's just go to the show. We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to test our limits, cross borders, and we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure. To infinity and beyond! And now your hosts, Uta and Heather. Today's episode is sponsored by Chisholm Trail Rides, horseback riding near Dallas, Texas. If you're looking for a great trail riding opportunity near Dallas, Texas, Chisholm Trail Rides is what you're looking for. They offer a personalized horse riding experience for beginners and advanced riders. Their motto is, if the horse isn't good enough for our loved ones, it isn't good enough for yours. They offer trail rides through the countryside for adults and children above the age of five and English and Western riding lessons for those who want to learn horse riding properly. The trail rides are not the follow-the-leader type. Instead, you'll be able to ride side-by-side side or next to each other in a loose, natural group. Each ride begins with an instructional warm-up inside the arena where beginners can learn the basics and advanced riders can familiarize themselves with their horse. The guides will take their time to make sure everyone is comfortable before heading out on trail. Safety is definitely their first priority and a must for each on each ride. Young children will be ponied along by the guides on trail to make sure they are safe and comfortable. Chisholm Trail Rides offer group semi-private and private trail rides as well as horse riding lessons. Six or 12 hour packages are also available if you want to join their rides or take lessons on a regular basis. Chisholm Trail Rides offer safe, unique and fun trail rides in an interesting and varied terrain and professional horse riding lessons that teach you all you need to know about horses, no matter your experience or age. To book your unique horse riding experience now, visit the website www.chisholmtrailrides.com. 
As usual, you can find the link to the website and all information about them in our show notes. Just click on the link in your podcast player window and you'll get there. <laughs> yes, and hello again, everyone. Today we are talking about the skin and related problems, which is, of course, often an issue with a lot of horses during summer. We all know this. Finally, the best time of the year is there and we are looking forward to spending a lot of time with our equine partner going on long rides together and suddenly itchiness sets in, insects make matters worse. And finally, we get an allergy kicking in so that instead of enjoying long summer rides, uh, we really need to work nonstop in order to contain the worst skin infections and problems with our horses. So in order to talk um, a little bit about uh, what we can do when our horses are having problems with the skin, I have invited Daniela Vandera, again, our host expert and nutritionist from Austria. Uh, and she's so gladly uh, agreed to join me here to talk about all we can do and what problems, what common problems can be there for horses with their skin during summer. So first of all, welcome, Daniela. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, Ute. Thank you for having me again. Hello, everybody. <laughs> well, Daniela, tell me, is summer really the worst time for our horses in terms of allergies, insects, skin diseases? Uh, well, for many of our horses or equine partners, as you put it well, um, it might be really a tough time. Uh, it, it depends a little bit on what the problems are, because um, many of uh, us have encountered the, the, the terrible <laughs> sweet itch, yeah, uh, but also other um problems um, that, that show themselves uh, as itchiness, but not all of it is Swedish. Yeah, so may and uh, Swedish is something that mainly occurs in summer. Um, I mean, at least in our uh, part of the world. <laughs> but actually, due to the climate change, we also observe um, that the periods horses suffer from it uh, are already much longer and that they very often um, don't get arrested at all, yeah. Uh, I, I will explain why that is um, if we go further into the subject. But of course, there are other uh, skin problems like you mentioned allergies that also can cause, cause itchiness, uh, which are caused by different sources um, as the so-called sweet itch. And that can happen the year round. Uh, it depends a little bit on, on what affects it. Yeah. Right. You are a nutritionist for horses, not only for horses, but uh, also for horses. So um, you usually talk about what we can feed our horses to make the immune system yeah. of our horses stronger. So is there a way we can maybe prepare our horses for summer or what we can do maybe to support our horses? Because very often it is actually a problem with the immune system of our horses. How can we kind of uh, fortify our horses for the summer season, help them deal better with insects and maybe prevent any sweet itch from really becoming a big problem? Yes, maybe first of all, we go a little bit into the, the subject of what, what causes it, because that means we, we, we learn how, to, how we can react on it. Yeah, I mean, sweet itch is also a form of allergy, but allergies can also um, get triggered by feeds, by, um, yeah, by, by care products also, um, like soaps or, or laundry soaps, things like that. 
but uh, also other insects, uh, because Swedish is caused by the so-called midgets. Uh, horses react on the saliva of those insects. But we observe more and more horses also reacting to, you know, like the regular mosquitoes or uh, horse flies, the big ones um, that the, the horses react um, more than they actually did. So there is also thinking that there might be um, environmental factors, you know, all the all the substance, substances that are in, in the water or in the feeds or in the grass or in the air, that it also has an effect on the body because um, every organism can only take in uh, a certain amount of, um, yeah, of substances that, that, that are um, maybe not really healthy. So the system has to, to work it out again, yeah. Um, yeah, and then there is also the issue, I mean, of, yeah, food, the, the feed of the horses is a big issue. We have feeds, uh, I want to mention here, um, especially soy, for example, that are uh, many animals and not only animals, but also people uh, react uh, with allergies too. So um, there might be a problem for many horses, you know, with ready mixed feed because there is a lot of components in it that come from the industry, uh, from the industry. and um, many horses, they, they just can't process it properly, yeah? So um, not all the, the itchiness is um, originating only from the insects, yeah? Um, also the, the way the horses react to it, like, like how, how big the reaction is, um, can be controlled uh, by food as well, yeah? Because we know, that there are certain feeds, um, certain um, yeah uh, essentials that we have in our feeds um, help the body, not only of horses but also of, of humans and and dogs and so on, um, to 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 get the reaction down a little bit. Yeah, and the one and most important uh, thing we have there is omega three because there has been a lot of research on it that shows. That, for example, I take as an example now, sweet itch horses, they have this allergy, they have the sweet itch, but if they get a good amount of omega-3 in the feeds, um, the reaction of the skin is less, um, less big, yeah? So they, they don't react so much. So it shows that you can influence this kind of reaction uh, in the way how you feed the horses. So what, what I advise in cases like this is that you, I mean, there is the management of the horse with sweet itch, like with ointments, with blankets, everything, yeah, from the outside. But on the other side, it's what can we do, like you said, from the inside. So one thing is try to avoid um, food components that might trigger allergies. There is a lot of grains, for example, um, there is soy and all these kind of things. Um, there is a lot of artificial um, aroma um, components and things like that that can uh, enhance the reaction of the horse, yeah, because it upsets the gut. <laughs> because as in many other things, like also the immune system, a healthy gut is very important for the horse and uh, helps also the horse to manage these kind of things. So if you help your horse to keep a healthy gut, 
with a good mineral, mineral food with a lot of omega-3, uh, avoiding allergens like soy and stuff, you're already on a good road uh, to help your horse if it suffers from allergies. Right. Yeah, I mean, we all know processed foods contain a lot of stuff and not always the healthiest food for our horses. And um, I think it is really a good idea to always check what's actually in the stuff you're feeding the horse. Uh, so good point you have here. Yeah, then besides, of course, the feeding angle, then there is like plenty of anti-allergic horse shampoos, lotions, sprays, creams, soaps. Um, which is sold by any type of tax shop or internet web page uh, in order to, you know, help owners to, you know, get inchiness, get sweetage, get uh, any type of allergies. Um, yeah, uh, less bad or actually prevent them actually from happening. Um, what do you think? What, what kind of thing works? What can you suggest if we have a horse with an itchy or with an allergic reaction with a sweetage? What kind of care should we really use and should we use all this kind of salves and sprays and shampoos or is it really less is more what do you think yeah there uh first you have to make um a difference in the different ointments you have um you have for example insect sprays which are repellents which inhibits for example the midgets to bite the horse i mean they have and not a huge effectiveness because they only last for just so long. So maybe it's a solution. If you have a horse with sweet itch, um, that's normally rugged and you go for a ride. So you can use an insect repellent. Yeah. Um, you can also use um, ointments and sprays that um, have um, insecticide, which means like, for example, they, they contain DEET. Um, those depend a little bit on how how big the I mean how high the concentration is of that insecticide. Um, it can also be um, essential oils. There are also some there is research on it that that are effective. So you have to go a little bit into that. Uh, so these are all measurements to prevent the the bite of the insect or that kills the insect if it lands on the horse. But what is important to know is If you use, for example, like insecticides, I mean, they, they, they are safe to use. But if you have a highly allergic horse, it can be that it might also trigger other reactions in the horse. I have seen these. Um, it's not a nice thing. Yeah. So you have to know your horse a little bit. Maybe talk to your, you know, pet or a nutritionist, what, what they like, just what their idea is, because, um, Some products they they put even more, you know, on the load the, the body has to to um, to process. Yeah, uh, and then you have a lot of products that um, I, I yeah that that promise to take away the itchiness. Yeah, so it means in the like to cut it short, it means that they take out. Uh, the reaction, they, they, they simmer down the, the inflammation process, like the itch and everything. So there, um, there is a wide range. And the problem with all those animal care products is that there is no, actually no legal um, regulation uh, for those products. It's not like with people's cosmetics. 
So it is good advice to work with companies uh, that have a good record of, you know, um, of cases uh, of customers um, that, they have, that they have proved that they have good results. And I, for myself, I prefer to work with natural products because of the, the problem I told you about before. I see a lot of allergic reactions that are not caused, for example, by insects, but by products. People use shampoos, like human shampoos, um, chemical stuff, you know, and the horses get nettle, um, <laughs> like they get blisters and stuff. And, and that there are even horses that react on, on washing soap. Yeah. So it's just about the same thing that we see happening with humans. People and horses react more and more to those things. So try to find a product that, that kind of has a good reputation and that uh, shows the ingredients um, because that, that it's a kind of transparency, yeah? Many products, you take the bottle and you read, like, and there is just a name and what it works for, but no more. And that's kind of, I, I, don't, I don't trust those manufacturers, yeah? So that's maybe also one advice. But in the end, don't use human products, yeah? Because there is also a lot of um, components in it, cosmetic components that are not healthy for animals. You always have to think about that the animals, you know, they, they bite themselves, they lick themselves, they, they take it in. The skin also absorbs all that because uh, it goes inside your body if you put it on. So you have really to think about what you use. But it is definitely a good idea if you have an itchy horse, you wash it down with a good shampoo that, that soothes uh, the, 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 the whole itchiness that you know um, also put some some uh, some oil film on the skin that like kind of cares for the skin that helps to build up new better um, skin protection for the horse yeah and you will see it because if the the the, the fur is shiny and the, the skin gets healthier then you're definitely not only probably feeding the horse properly, but <laughs> you also use a good product, uh, a good care product. Mm, okay, good tip here. Well, let's look at some of the particulars. Of course, one of the biggest issues is sweet itch. Uh, we hit everywhere. There's lots of horses who have sweet itch, but not every horse which is itchy also has sweet itch. So can you maybe explain us a little bit what differences are there? Um, how can we actually make sure that our horse has sweet itch? Or is it really just a, a wide range of syndromes here? Is it like, um, is it very like easy to say, okay, this horse has sweet itch and this horse just has a different allergy? Um, most of the horses that are suspected to have Swedish actually have Swedish. The things that changed a little bit is what I mentioned before, that it starts to show not only from like March to October, because as I explained already, it's caused by an insect, by the so-called midgets. Those insects are little tiny. It's not a mosquito, but it looks a little bit like it. It's very tiny. It lands on the horse. They prefer like the the neckline, they sit on the mane, um, they sit on the, 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 the belly yeah, uh, and on the tail and they bite and the horses react 
on the bites on the saliva that goes into the body when the insect is biting. And actually all horses have a reaction, but not all horses have a uh, allergic reaction. Yeah, so only the horses that then develop so-called sweet itch, they are the ones uh, who have the allergic reaction. Yeah. Also humans react on it. Um, many of you uh, know it if you go feeding in summer or spring or autumn um, in the morning and in the evening when those insects are highly active, they bite you on your hairline and it's really nasty. Um, so you know how the horses feel. And uh, the problem with sweet itch is you really have to protect the horse from getting bitten again which is why I'm a huge fan of uh, the sweet itch rug. It's for my understanding, the only help you, you can really use to prevent your horse being bitten because the, the insects are less active during the day, but they are active. It's not that it's sufficient. You, you keep your horse inside, for example, in the mornings and the evenings, it was promoted a long time as that, but it, doesn't actually really work because uh, the horses, um, the insects go in inside the stalls and bite the horses still. And everybody who is uh, who has allergies knows that the tiniest amount of the allergen can like uh, cause the reactions. So if you want to, you know, to cut down the chance that your horse um, has a reaction, the best way is to put the rug on. And if you're smart, you put it on because uh, before the insects get active, which means sometimes I have seen it here in Austria, uh, sometimes even in February, if you have warm days, those insects get active. Um, so you have to put on the blanket like rather early, leave it on the whole day until you know you have temperatures under zero on those midges are gone. Yeah. And as I said, like also. Due to climate change, the insects live longer, sometimes the whole year round, depends on where you live. But we're having this problem already here in some areas. And so probably you need to rug your holes like all year round. And if you keep the rug on, uh, for some holes, it's, it's even necessary. You put something on the face and the ears because, because they start, you know, rubbing the eye area and stuff. Um, it depends a little bit on how, you know, on how bad the reaction is. It depends on how, how good you were with rugging your horse. Maybe you started rugging early and then the whole reaction will, will wear down. Uh, if you just started doing it, you will have a year with a higher reaction. Um, so, but it, it improves in that way. It improves if you prohibit that the insects bite. And all the ointments and everything you do, it's just helping, you know, to soothe. It's helping, it's helping a little bit, but it's, it's, it's not preventing it. Yeah. And yes, with feeding, like we said before, you can support your horse and you can also minimize the reactions with that. Yeah. Um, it's also depending a lot on where you live. There is a lot of horses that move from one area to the next and they don't have any problem suddenly. Uh, the midgets like woody areas, they like, you know, if there is water, not so much running water, but you have a lot of puddles and, you know, places where the water is standing, um, they like to develop there. 
And what they don't like is wind. So if you're high up on a hill or even in the mountains, you might have a better chance that your horse doesn't or your horses don't get affected by switch. Yeah, well, and then, of course, we have other reactions. Um, I have seen reactions to mosquitoes, like horses, you know, getting swollen, having an, an, a nettle, um, blisters and everything. Uh, this normally is a sign that either the whole system of the horse has kind of an overload and you have to work on gut health and, you know, while uh, detox your horse and all that. And normally those things will, will soothe down. Um, very often it happens if horses move from a cooler area to an area that's very effective with mosquitoes and stuff. So, you know, they need some, some time to adapt. Um, in those cases, uh, if the horse is really affected, you actually also with Swedish, you need to get your vet probably the horse needs medication, you know, to, 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 to get the, the thing dereacted and then you can start to help the horse in the way we said. Um, if the horse is reacting to mosquitoes or horse flies or stuff, uh, a normal rug will work that you use temporarily until the horse has adapted to his new situation and it will be fine after that. And of course you have, uh, you have other little parasites like lice or mites. They live in the ground, in the grass, also like in old forage and stuff um, that affect normally um, the face and the feet, those mites, and they, they cause terrible itchiness. But this is something, you know, like with lice with children, you, you call your vet in and you have a product put on um, and your horse will be fine afterwards, yeah. A lot of draft horses are affected by this, and um, this can also enhance um, mud fever. So very often I have clients that, that you know, they, they say, oh, my horse has mud fever, but it's also itchy and stamping the, the legs and stuff. So very often draft horses, they have uh, long hair on their legs. And there is a kind of a microclimate developing in the area where you have the long hair because from the floor, damp, there is like damp air rising up and it gets kind of stuck in those legs um, because there is lots of research on it and they show like certain breeds, they never, they never have these kind of problems, yeah. And mostly horses like with long hair on the legs, they are like, they're, they're really easily affected. So yeah. if you have a problem like that, cut off the, the hair. You don't have to, you know, to, to cut it really short. It's, it's fine if you take your scissors and you cut it and keep it dry uh, and just, yeah. And, and that will solve the problem on the long run, yeah. Yeah, at least temporarily. Yeah, I know. I've yes. um I had um I've seen some of these cases also recently with draft horses. Um yes. with these feathers. It really can be really annoying for the horse, but it's such a pain for a lot of the owners to cut off. Very the hair painful. Because and it is very stressy for the horses because the, the, the legs get really, really itchy. Yeah. And like the mud fever and then there is a kind of a chronic version of the mud fever that can develop as a 
consequence out of that. That's why I'm emphasizing on that. So if you if you if you cut in early and you you try to to get rid of that problem, uh, you do yourself and your horse a big favor. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, what shall a horse owner do when we suddenly realize that our horses start itching its mane and suddenly you already see, okay, some of the hairs are sticking up there and you say, oh, you know, we are developing a problem there. What what are the things we can do? What type of diagnosis should should we do? On is there kind of a, a good way to deal with the whole situation? I mean, uh, the first thing is you go and look for lice because very often they have that and it's nasty like all of us especially moms they know how nasty can be in your kids and it's just like the same with horses uh, but it's nothing terrible uh it's easy to get rid of mm. just uh, one, one question what, here how can we yeah. make sure how can we see that horses have lice for everyone who does not uh, have any know, children yes no no you go they are actually a little bit i mean they are almost the same uh i mean they're not the same lice as we humans have but they look like the same. Um, you can see it depends on, you know, how long the horse has had it. Uh, but if you look at it and you look into the hair of mane and tail, you will see tiny little, you know, like dots. They look like dots. And if you try to get, to get them off the hair, they stick. So then it definitely lies. Sometimes if the lice have been there for a longer time, you can see them with your eye. Yeah, they're, they're, they're crawling around. They're really small, but you can see them. Yeah. And of course, there is, um, there is uh, ointments that you can get through your vet um, that are antiparasites, uh, insecticides, I mean, that were developed to, to, um, to use against um, those lice. But I actually made the experience also the regular kid stuff works. Um, and there is some stuff that's based on um, silicone oil, which uh, actually kills off the lice and the eggs of them. So that's, that's not really poisonous. Uh, and you can put it on the hair. You can buy it at your drugstore or pharmacy. Maybe some of you, I always have one bottle at home because I have two kids. <laughs> So actually, that's what I used, and it worked really well. But of course, also your vet can help you with that. So, so if a horse gets itchy, and that's the cause, so that's actually the better, the better scenario. If you really have a horse that's reacting um, on midgets and developing sweet itch, uh, you will find out um, that it won't stop. Yeah, you won't find any lice. It will, you know rub more and more and the best way is just put a blanket on um use some you know soothing products uh to to help the, the skin to repair itself um and yeah feed omega-3 uh feeds and you will be fine yeah so that that's the better way and if you catch it early you won't have a big problem in the end i mean The only problem is you have to look at your horse rocked. So, but that's actually, I mean, it's it's a nasty thing, but if you use a, a good rock, it really, it's not such a big deal anymore. Yeah, no, I think during the last years, it has become quite common to rock horses and the feeders during rides as well. The big yes. problem I realized is that a lot of horses don't leave the rugs on, but kind of particularly if you have some youngsters, um, 
Uh, it can become quite expensive because a lot of times they kind of, you know, pull out the rugs and, you know, tear the rugs. And, yeah. Uh, But Swedish normally develops uh, at the, like, at the age between three and four. Sometimes it can develop later, but most of the time they're between three and four. So normally they're already a bit, you know, mm. calm down more. But yes, if you have a group, But there are some manufacturers, they, they really produce good rugs. They are quite, uh, rather buy not the cheapest one. <laughs> uh, it's better to buy one or two good ones that you can change and wash. And yeah. Right. What about this, this zebra design, which has come up in recent years? Uh, that's something which still mystify me. Does it work really? Yeah, it's more, it's more, um, I mean, it's a little bit of a fashion thing, but it comes from the idea that the zebra, zebra um, the, the, the zebra design uh, keeps off flies because they, they get distracted. I'm not so sure. There are many people who, who even, you know, they paint the zebra stripes on the horses, but I don't see a big difference in yeah i mean if you have a rug on you have a rug on so if it's really the zebra design that helps or the rug itself it's yeah it's for you it's for you to think <laughs> out <laughs> okay yeah. right let's talk about uh one more big problem during summer and that's sunburn now there's horses which burn easily some horses do not burn at all but um what can i do when i realize that my horse Uh, burns easily in the sun and how can I actually realize that or where do I see the sunburn? Yeah, actually the horses that are uh, most likely to burn are the ones that don't have, um, they have like pink skin, um, they don't have the gray skin, they don't have so much melatonin in the skin. Uh, but surprisingly there are horses like with light and pink noses that they don't get burned. So maybe it's a little bit also um, individual thing. And of course, it's a thing on where you live. Um, you might have also problems if you live high up or, you know, in an area where it's really sunny, like India, for example, or Australia, whatever. Um, yeah, so first thing is, if you, if you live in an area like that, rather get yourself a horse with dark skin. That doesn't mean the fur needs to be dark, but the skin should be rather dark, like no pink noses. And if you don't, I mean, if you're into horses with pink noses, <laughs> then you need to protect them. There is, uh, the best way is actually to use UV masks. There is a good selection available already. Um, they're for the whole face, or, you know, you just put them on the halter, To, to guard the nose. Um, that's actually a very good way. And otherwise you can, of course, also use sun protection, but there I would really be careful. I would rather use, you know, the, the ones um, that make the white residue. It has zinc um, oxide in it. It's actually a mineral and it reflects the sun. Um, use products, you know, that are like natural cosmetic products uh, or used for children at least because other sun protection, they're quite, I don't mean it in a negative way, but they're quite chemical and you don't know how your horse reacts. And you know, the horses rub everywhere, they get it in the eyes and everything. So it can be, it can be causing irritation. So rather stick, because there's no, I mean, at least in Austria, I don't know of uh, 
of sun cream for horses. Actually, I plan to do one for, for our company, but I didn't have time yet. So I recommend my customers to use something, you know, that, that's safe for children and, and that has a tag on that it's natural cosmetic. So that, that will be fine for your horse too. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I had uh, horses in India for more than 20 years and we never had a single case of sunburn. Yeah. And Indian people love their white noses and their, yeah. you know, their blazes and their white heads. So plenty of pink skins, um, their Tobiano colors and not a single case of sunburn all these years. So it really seems to be something of, yeah, I don't know. So skip, maybe genetics, perhaps it's, it's interesting. It's I think it's genetic, but I think a lot of it is getting used to it. And don't forget, your foals are born in these conditions. So they they just, you know, they grow up with this. They get used to it. I can also see it. I have one mare. She ha It's Ayala. She, has a, she actually has a dark skin, but she has a pink nose. And the first year she was with me, she had a sunburn. And uh, now she gets like kind of orange in this area so it means you know the the, the skin um moves up and it there is more melatonin in it it's like when we get tan she's like getting a tan and she doesn't get a sunburn anymore so she got used to it so if you for example import horses or you know move horses around maybe from a less sunny area to a sunnier hotter area there might be more problems yeah but I think it's also how horses are raised, if they're never outdoors, you know, there is many horses that are not outdoors a lot, so how should they get used to sun? Um, that's one thing. And then, I mean, you can help a little bit with food as well. Um, it's the same with people, that the keratin is important, so if you, uh, if you feed, especially during winter time, if you feed Uh, feeds that contain beta carotene, like for example alpha alpha, that's one thing uh, that helps to build it up. Or you can also give a supplement if you have a horse that's maybe you know in danger of getting sunburned. Also, it's important to look at the vitamin D3. So vitamin D is important, but there you have to use really balanced, ready-made minerals. Don't don't just uh, experiment around because you can set up your whole calcium <laughs> uh, process in your body if you use too much vitamin D. But this is also important, yeah. And also rocked horses, of course, uh, they don't get so much sun, so they might also have a problem, yeah. I mean, there is also, I don't know, uh, but we have this draft breed, it's called Norica, and they have special colors. And the breeders, you know, if they go to shows, they prefer to keep the horses rocked so they don't, don't bleach out. Because if the black horses or the chestnuts, if they're dark chestnuts, if they're in the sun, of course, they can bleach out. <laughs> so that's why they keep them rocked. Uh, and these are also things that might affect how well the body reacts to sun. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of information in a short time. And uh, I think we all learned a lot. Um, I definitely did, as usual, Danita. Thanks so much for joining me again. I really enjoy our little uh, talks about horse nutrition and about horse. Yeah, any any horse-related topic, really, it's always interesting with you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I love to, to do these talks too and to exchange, you know, the experiences. Um, it's always fun.
Yeah, definitely. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for being here today. If you like the show, please do give us a favor and hit the subscribe button so that you'll never miss any new episode in future. Also make sure to visit our website where you can find interesting articles about horse riding adventures. The latest news about what is happening in the equestrian adventures is Cosmos. And of course, the show notes for today's episode and all the other episodes. Find out more about our new horseback travel guidebook, the ultimate equestrian adventurous's bucket list book, now available as free download from our website or as paperback version from Amazon. Find out more about the equestrian adventurous's 100 miles challenge and how you can join in. And of course, discover our books and courses which will help you to achieve your own personal adventure with horses. So long everyone and happy trails!